zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I speak to comedians and creatives about the best and worst job they've had to do to get by. Today I'm joined by comedian and manager of a place where they teach art to vulnerable people, Richard Todd. How are you doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you managed to get my, you made my non, not very snappy job title even less snappy. (laughs) I I don't know, I was just going to say manager of an arts thing and then you were like, no. Oh, I know, I I hate being known as the manager though, so. uh, Yeah. Are you, when people come and ask for the manager, are they like, no, but really? When you're like, no, it's me. Yeah, I uh i never own up to being the manager i say we run as a um i, I say we we run as a kind of um <laughs> i can only think of the word dictatorship <laughs> tell me the opposite of dictatorship democracy uh, i always say we run as a democracy and everyone's making the decisions around here yeah so who is yeah but um, i'm but getting is, paid uh, to make the decision i get paid a bit extra i consider my additional payment just to be because when things go wrong, someone has to take the blame, and that's me. Yeah. I, I also, for a while, I was the manager, and I didn't even take the pay rise. Really? But then, um, but then we nearly lost uh, uh, a big donation of money because it's a charity, and mm. uh, we nearly lost a big donation of money. And the director was screaming at me, and I was like, "All oh, right, so if, it, uh, if I." Uh, I'm now the response. I'm now responsible for this. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to get blamed for knee losing thousands of pounds, I want a little bit extra. The, um, yeah. I sorted it out. Yeah. My approach is just to um, come, come at everyone with a sense of naivety and stupidity. <laughs> and I find um, it works. Um, mm. Yeah. Just like almost to say, uh, it's the same as when I, I did the same when I um, forgot to pay my, um taxes for like I shouldn't say this on the podcast but uh, I forgot to pay my taxes for a few years yeah right? um because I was self-employed but I did I kept expecting I I, I thought the self-employment was only going to last a couple of months right but then like six or seven years later I was like oh god this has gone on a bit longer than I imagined yeah so I um I messaged them, but I didn't want to get hit by a massive fine for mm. seven years. So I just said, I have uh, I have forgotten, I forgot to pay my taxes last year. I forgot to, for one year, I've been self-employed for one year and I forgot to pay my taxes, but I am really stupid. Um, <laughs> and uh, I thought, and I said, this is all my, and I kept writing things like, this is all my fault. I am the only person to blame. And um, punish me however you see fit. Um, and I think my I was so open with my guilt. They were quite good with me. They charged me a thousand pounds. I was oh, quite really? happy. Yeah, and you got six like, years tax free. Yeah, baby. Well, yeah, but um, you can cut that bit out. Of the <laughs> All right, I'll uh, cut that bit out. <laughs> You don't have to. Um, they'll never find. Well, they will find me if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've um, used your full name. <laughs> they, they're still, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah i can't this is how this is how i think this is how you should get you can get confessions out of criminals just put them i find the podcasters quite uh they'll start to coax just confessional behavior it maybe does. it's only from comedians because they're um comedians or people with an ego who want to who can't help but tell everything about themselves yeah we are unable to shut the fuck up for a bit yeah even as part of your brain saying and not, not that bit richard not that bit richard. please yeah please yes. not that bit yeah yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, um, i've recently figured out how to bleep stuff out so i'm good yeah so i'm gonna have to go back over a load of old podcasts to bleep out company names so oh, i right. can i can bleep what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna choose bits of that to bleep out um, it might, be, yeah, it might be tricky to figure out which bits to bleep. Just huge sections of it. It might just be a constant degree, um, <laughs> like piece of white noise across the podcast <laughs> for um, a section. Yeah, yeah, that's how <laughs> we'll begin. As Richard confessed to um, cry, crime, a crime, yeah. alleged, essentially. To as something. A, um, I confessed to a crime, yeah. not live on air, but live on recorded air. Yeah, it's terrible. It's oh. the end of Edinburgh for me. Yeah, oh, no, you not even got there yet. I know. I'm going to. I'm going tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow. Shit. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't say I'm. I can't say I'm. Uh, um. I've never been so anxious about something. No. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that. What's my what's body? The... My body's collapsing. I had to go to the doctor because I had stomach complaints all last week. And I couldn't eat, couldn't eat or digest food or anything. I just, everything made me feel sick. Um, they took loads of report, um, reports. They've got back to me. And uh, interestingly, my doctor's all online. It's weird. I've never met my GP. Yeah. She essentially could just be a uh, uh, kind of computerized app. Because <laughs> uh, I've never met her. But anyway, I had to take blood samples in and everything. And... I didn't realise, but now they've sent the results of the samples back just to me, like <laughs> as if I can read the results. And <laughs> oh, I was reading yeah, 43. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but I'm reading all the results, and I was like a bit, I thought, oh, God, the test results have come to me. Should they have gone to someone else? But they've come <laughs> to me. Uh, and uh, I was a bit panicked because all the results, like there's blood tests and that, and they're all mm -hmm. little red um labels alongside each result saying abnormal 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 so I was oh, like yeah that's oh. worrying yeah I know but then I saw that it said um don't like I, I was about to panic I was typing in online all the little medical descriptions of what my abnormalities were I couldn't read but and then you just obviously go on google and you get a litany of potential deaths <laughs> you're going to suffer um and I but then I saw that at the start of this, there's a little disclaimer saying, um, please do not worry if you have the results are abnormal. Um, we, if, they, if they require attention, we will get in touch with you. So essentially, I am, uh, my, a lot, parts of my body are abnormal, but not abnormal enough to require any, to coax any interest from the medical world. <laughs> oh, that's the perfect like, place to be, isn't it? Yeah. It's abnormal just, uh, enough. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just which is, I mean, I guess if anyone saw me, what like or talked to me in the street, they would probably think he's slightly abnormal, but he's functioning. Yeah. Turns out that um, my outward demeanor is mirrored by my inward. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, 
so it, it's all balanced nicely. Yeah. Oh, so my white blood cells and red blood cells are something wrong, something not quite there, but enough to keep me going. Yeah, it'll work till September. Yeah, I'm think I'm sure they're going to get more abnormal over the next yeah throughout August. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. What's your show about? I mean, it's not. Um, what's the show about? Um, I'll put it in a note. Oh, um, I, I reg- I've I've summed it up with the pithy opener. It's about a regret, acceptance, and a, a little bit of time travel. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, to be honest, I didn't have a theme for a long time. Um, I thought uh, for a while it was just about baths. Yeah. Uh, that killer subject. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, like them? I, I, could, I could feel the. I could feel the industry. Uh, the industry's <laughs> ears pr- pricking up. Um, Crying out for that bath material. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought uh, uh, I still got a lot about baths in. Mm. Do you like that? I've managed. Yeah, I do. I don't really take as many as I use as I would like to. Yeah. Um, but when I was unemployed, I took shitloads of bats, like <laughs> uh, because I had nothing to do. Yeah. So I just started like um, you know chain bathing, um, mm. where I'd just be having a bath and then uh, I'd be running fresh bats on top of draining bats. I just couldn't, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I was. <laughs> and nothing to do is the thing. A nice thing about a bath is um, it, it's like almost a craft activity as well as a hot soak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, because you're kind of almost playing with the ingredients and what mm. you you know, like is this one going to be salty or is this one going to be bubbly? Yeah, is this one going to have candles one? around it? <laughs> or is this is this one going to have candles around it? Or is this one? Or, or is this one more got suicide bath? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Candle yeah. What's the vibe of this one? <laughs> yeah. Is so, this a, a, relaxing, a relaxing one or a one that is just me wallowing um, <laughs> and staring into my belly button? The last um, time I took a bath so it's like, yeah. was I was listening to Poppy Hillstead has entered the chat and I don't know if you've listened to her podcast. I've never listened to it, I no. Poppy. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. Would recommend. Although it was a so I was listening to it in the bath and uh, our, our bathroom's next to the laundry room. So my housemate came to put laundry in and sort of deal all that, deal with all that as it got incredibly pornographic. So it did just sound like I was sat in a bath listening to <laughs> Elf porn. <laughs> you know, you're like, it'll pass. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you can't reach... <laughs> The towel to dry your hands before you press the phone it's just fucking mess so now my housemates think that i uh i listen to to weird porn in the bath and i can never take a bath again uh, uh, yeah because you yeah i yeah. see i would probably run a bath immediately after to <laughs> prove the point you know yeah, yeah. Uh, in the same way as if you get someone's name wrong you'll start saying and then figure out what it actually was you start saying it a lot of times and the crack yeah there. yeah if they think that I'm wanking in the bath, I should just wank in the bath. Is that what you're saying? No, my point was oh. um, sorry, sorry. I, I went the opposite way. I didn't think. Uh, I, I didn't decide. To, I didn't feel like um, reaffirm. Like you might as well just um, reaffirm what they already <laughs> believe. They believe it anyway, so why not just live it? Yeah. You can't go, that can't be your ethos for life. If I had that ethos, I would 
I was going to say my life would be in dire straits, but it already is. It <laughs> is but, um, maybe I am living, maybe it's my life's just a projection of other people's uh, opinions of me. Yeah. So right, thanks, a lot, thanks a lot, outside world, for <laughs> damning me like this. I've had enough of it. <laughs> I used to always think I was going to be erudite, and doesn't that, I still kind of uh, erudite and just like loquacious and be able to communicate succinctly um mm. you know the things i wanted to say um, in as few words as necessary but just make steering points you mm. know but now i've realized i tried doing that for a few years like not a few years but <laughs> but for about a year i thought stop just gabbling on this like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> start just saying things like that are pertinent to the conversation and I, I don't think I said hardly a single word for a year, just because I realized, <laughs> I realized that any, like, some, I, I operate on a kind of 90% um, rubbish, 10% good kind of ratio. But if once, like, I have to keep say, talking, 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 basically people just have to sift out the gold. <laughs> I you think know, you've been a bit harsh be... on yourself there, but uh, yeah. like... 80 percent 20 percent you know yeah yeah but, but the thing i used to have a friend who uh, like my, my best friend said once about this other guy who used to hang out with us frank he'll not frank he doesn't say anything like really but when he does it is like just like so like kind of wise and i thought yeah but he says about one sentence every six months and if we like and I thought you can't give like I like if we all just relied on Frank, there'd be <laughs> no conversation going round. We'd be bored every night out. Just yeah, winning really it. Like, yeah. So I thought, like, give me some credit. I'm doing yeah. the legwork here. I'm filling the gaps, you know. Um, yeah. To allow Frank to be yeah. quiet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought God, um, I'm doing so like, and also Frank's saying one wise thing, and I know like I probably said 50 wise things in that time, but there's just a lot to help. There's a lot of baggage yeah. around them. You it's know. just that it was amongst a hundred unwise I'm things. I'm like a puppy in a weed bed, you know, <laughs> a bed of weeds, you know. Um, just appreciate the puppy. Uh, stop talking about the weeds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but, um, all right. On that, uh, what what's your worst job ever been? See, so, yeah, I have this thing with like, because there's jobs that I would say I've had that like would clearly, if you just set, describe them objectively, be the worst job I'd ever done. Mm -hmm. But often those jobs I find are the happiest times I've had because the job is so like kind of pointless and demeaning that you kind of form a little, the people you work with, you, you all form this kind of, you know, there's certain jobs that you can't have egos in because they're so like kind of grim and uh there's no like it's not like you're climbing a ladder there's a career ladder involved you just yeah. basically you are uh, so like what for a while like for two years in between study at university i i picked i picked literate festivals like phoenix and reading mm -hmm. uh, and that was like in theory the grimmest thing i have ever done Basically, you just crawl across the field at the end of the festival, picking up everything people have left behind. 
like everything. And whilst whilst a, a team of four men, it's like um, some kind of put you think it was a punishment for criminals or something, which I'll probably get, uh, which I probably will get if you don't believe the first bit out. Um, <laughs> but like, what, so you were crawling across the field, kicking litter up in a, in a line of um, similarly despondent people questioning their life choices. Were, um, were and your we legs were all crawling like behind. trend together? Our minds were chained together. We'd formed, but um, but behind us there was just four four men walking. You know, almost wearing mirrored shades, mm. just walking behind us. And if one of us missed like something, they'd shout, "Oh, you get back here! You've missed a bit." Yeah, and, and then whip you. You'd look back. Yeah, well, you'd look back and think, "Can't you just pick it up? You're right next to it." <laughs> you can. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's like. <laughs> So it was grim, but like it was quite funny as well. I remember like one I, at one in Reading one year, I was like before the post festival like torture. I was um, clearing the backstage area for like with all so uh, like the Greek where all the bands hung out, like mm-hmm. having drinks before they went on stage. And yeah. um, one time, the singer of a band called Downset. Like they were a kind of rap rock band. Like, you know, there's a lot of them came out after Rage Against the Machine and they were all doomed to disappear quite quickly. Mm-hmm. But this thing uh, at Downset um, was there with his like groupies and uh, some band members. And he stood over me and said, whilst I was picking litter up uh, with my little bag, just crouching down and picking fat cigarette butts and things up. And he said, um, you know, don't let anyone tell you that your job is not as important as all ours. And I said, like, yeah, I said, like, this isn't really my job. Like, I'm just, I'm at university and I'm just doing this for some cash in between. And he's like, no, like, no, don't put yourself down like that. Like, you, <laughs> no. you're, you're you important. Are- like, what you're doing, picking litter, is like is, is, is an important job and you are an important person and I kept saying but I'm not a little bit like this isn't like this isn't my this isn't what I do this isn't my dream uh he, he just started getting almost felt like his anger rising to the point where he almost felt like he was about to say look and um, if you keep on giving me lip I'm going to go to your supervisor and get you sacked from the job that is equally important as everyone <laughs> else's right so listen to me of, you piece of shit you're worth yeah, something yeah. all right <laughs> yeah exactly okay. yeah <laughs> yeah it was like that uh, yeah I was kind of like oh he can only appear to be humble and like uh, egalitarian in this situation if I admit that I am a worthless piece of shit, yeah, <laughs> even though it's, it's kind of an irony, uh, and but uh, and then I, I also at that festival, but I really enjoyed it working backstage. I enjoyed it because we did we at one point we had to clear cooler shit. Do you remember Cooler Shaker? No, uh, they're an awful band. They were <laughs> like just an indie rock band, but with um. Easter, like maybe it's Middle Eastern or maybe it's Indian, like a twang, anyway, a mystical twang from yes. the, uh, from, yeah. From the um, Orient. Yeah, but like, <laughs> um, but you know, it was that kind of just pseudo kind of um, like the slightest thing that makes, you know, that 
like someone just serving you um, serving you a salad and then grating ginger on top and saying, yeah, it's got, a, it's got an Indian flavour to it, this one, you know. <laughs> um, it's just like, yes, I think you've just... Anyway, um, we are, but Cooler Shake, we had to do their dressing, like clear their dressing room out and then, mm. and me and my friend took all their energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and I always imagined, I always wanted to see the, if the review of Cooler Shaker's performance said began well but um quickly seemed to <laughs> quickly seemed to tire on the day they just seemed really fatigued <laughs> yeah <laughs> couldn't be it really didn't look like they could be bothered <laughs> so, and uh, and then i also had to the guy in charge uh, the guy in charge of us was this funny little old man who had a like looked like a hamster um and had a big beard big bushy beard and tiny little eyes um but he loved picking litter up like yeah. if you think like this is how much he loved picking litter up right um we would have to clear a field and there'd be like a team of 30 of us right um this guy would just take a field on on his own <laughs> <laughs> oh i love him <laughs> like he's there can i have this field and then like he, <laughs> and i just think and then like a little like a little scurrying creature just you know just be flitting, flitting around it, you know. <laughs> um, but um, I'd find he that really instructed me and my friend. Sorry? I'd find that really overwhelming. He, yeah. He, but he instructed my friend um, and me to, like, uh, there was this tent and it was, it was the most weird instruction. It had gravel in it, right? And the gravel had kind of, I think the gravel was just down to the surface. But anyway, he said that the gravel looked messy. So would we hoover it all up? Like before St the Stone Roses had a press conference and he asked us to hoover the gravel up before Stone Roses press conference. Is in to so remove I, 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 it all? Just remove the gravel? Yeah, like hoover the gravel off. Yeah, because the gravel... Had was on the underlay of the tent, but still I did the, anyway, we had a Henry, he'd give us just a single Henry the Hoover, not even an industrial Henry the Hoover, just a Henry the Hoover. Yeah. And we were, uh, we were trying to Hoover like this big tent's worth of gravel up. Um, but in the end, we, we got so far and then um, it just, the gravel was just like, the Hoover was, but we didn't really, I was quite young at the time and like, young in that kind of way where you know once a hoover was full i was bamboozled by it i just yeah, uh, get a new and like hoover. The, the, the gravel just kept spilling out of um, henry's mouth and we were just trying to push it back in but like even if we pushed it back in it was almost like that right that one's full we need a new another henry <laughs> so um in the end um I got so angry um, and there's a band I wanted to watch on and I, he said I could watch the band as long as I got the gravel up from Stone Roses the tent. It was like um, some kind of, it was like a Mr. Miyagi thing, you know, um, yeah. like in Cry A Kid, you felt like it was a challenge um, that where I would learn something wise, but I didn't learn something wise. I just um, kicked Henry over whilst he was vomiting um, <laughs> gravel and ran out the tent to get to my gig um yeah. but the guy was so nice even when he got back he just said um, ah, um you, you didn't manage to hoover the gravel up in 
Kula Circle's <laughs> tent. Um, and he said, don't worry, I don't know, I finished it off myself. Um, he was a funny guy, though. He almost, when he said, I, I finished off myself, you almost felt that literally he'd unplugged Henry and just um, <laughs> got down on his hands and knees and just started sucking the gravel up in his, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry that meant just as an aside because that made me think of something um it's not about jobs but well i suppose it could be um so it is um uh, my friend was talking about said he was re-watching the film the the lawnmower man the other day can't right? say i've seen it and the lawnmower man's about you uh, was have you seen it no no Nah, um, I, I've never seen it, but I know that we're in it. Um, a man is using, uh, try, a scientist is trying to use virtual reality to kind of improve the intellect of, like, he's using it to improve intellect and intelligence. Sorry. And his lawnmower man is this simple minded fool, and he uses, and, and he starts using this. this um, kind of trying out his um, ideas on this guy and he becomes like mad with power right he becomes really intelligent and mad with power or what anyway I think that's what happens in the film but interestingly um, it's called Stephen King's Lawnmower Man right and the, I've read the novella by Stephen King and in the novella by Stephen King what happens is a man turns up to more lawn takes all his clothes off and just starts yeah. crawling across the crawling across the lawn and um, mowing it with his mouth. So yeah. he's just chewing the grass. And yeah, is if anything... <laughs> well, I guess he's a professional and he just turned up and thought, oh, fuck, I've forgotten the mower again. Um, <laughs> right. Um, well, I've been booked. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I kind of find it funny um, that that um, this film that has nothing to do with that um, Still, I like it when films say Stephen King's Lawnmower Man, but all they mean is Stephen King also wrote a, book, a story called Lawnmower, <laughs> Lawnmower Man. This is called Lawnmower Man as well. Why not watch it? Fuck all to do with fuck all, pal. Yeah. <laughs> we're attaching <laughs> King's name to it anyway. Uh, I know, and then you think, God, Stephen King did not bother you, but I guess... Money's money. Money's money. Eh? It is, and he's produced so much content. I can't see him even noticing anymore. <laughs> he'll go to those pictures. He'll go and watch the film. He'll come out of the film and be like, "Oh wait, no, I think I, think I wrote a book called Lawnmower Man." <laughs> it, um, that's that anyway. That was one of the. That was one of your, but like awful, but not awful jobs. Like objectively mm. awful. But like even like when we were crawling across the fields, the thing is you find so many discarded. I don't really I don't do drugs, right? But <laughs> however. <laughs> like you find bags of weed in that. Yeah. I guess you can't maybe. Yeah, well as we as the strange thing is when you're just stuck on a like on a there's nothing around us. We were just on this camp like, like in these fields with nothing around us. It's almost like being stranded on an island, like a desert island or something. We felt so cut off. The only way we could get back were when the fields were clear, like, yeah. and then the foremen would drive us out. But um, <laughs> but like so we'd find, so sometimes we'd all just get stoned um, on these found bags of like 
these and and it's just I hate smoking weed, but on those once those occasions, it felt uh, it felt quite uh, nice, and but it just felt so bot. It's like loads of disparate people who would clearly hate, hate each other nowadays. Like if you met on the street or in a club. Yeah. But on those, like, I like it when everyone's reduced to a level that um, where they kind of can't have any of their airs or graces, you know, like the, yeah. either the scuzziest person and the person who comes from a posh family are all like just, they can't have any ego because they're all crawling across a field picking yeah. litter up. So I find, it, I find it quite a communal experience. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, um... I weirdly quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So, so objectively a bad job, but um, I, I, um, this is the, this is what's holding me back in life. That um, <laughs> I quite like, as I explained, because the next job that I would do that I um, <laughs> that I said was would say it was bad, but I loved was um, I worked as a greengrocer. I could see uh, you as a greengrocer. Yeah, like a proper and like. Um, and I, I loved it. Like I worked from seven till seven for the worst pay on earth. Uh, like not the worst pay on earth. Like, don't get like, uh, <laughs> I'm exaggerated. Um, okay. That's probably the joint worst pay with many other minimum paid jobs at the time. <laughs> yes. But oh. like, but I, again, it was just one of them jobs where like all like it, it, everyone like it's so bad that all the people I worked with. Like and they were all similar people like to me. Like they're all basically had dreams of being artists. Like yeah. so they were musicians and everything. And like just outside of working in the green grocers, we just go to parties every night. And um, so like it just built like all my best like some of my best friends I met there. Like still my best friends. And it's just so it was basically what it felt like was we. Um, it was like almost some children. Like if you just imagine give send some 12 year olds like kids, do you want to run a shop for the day? Um that's what <laughs> yeah. it felt like. It felt like yeah, exactly. Uh, so like we didn't have a clue, but we 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 were just basically having such like and people would come in and say, like ask our advice on like the fruit and veg, because it had laws, you know, so there's like like 10 varieties of potato. And I used to say, what I don't know anything about potatoes. People keep asking me about potatoes. And <laughs> why? Um, why would then they I, ask what, me that? Then, um, yeah, because they, they, oh, because people would say like, uh, like, because it was quite a posh area. Um, so you know, people would say, um, can you can you offer me some advice? Um, I'm planning to make um, a mash tonight, and so which potato would you recommend for the uh, mash? And eventually, I just got round to say, like, I just suck my lips in and like go because I also thought that made it look like I was thinking um, yeah. and really like <laughs> considering all the options and then I just say the Maris Piper is a good all-rounder um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> so it's the same answer for anyone if anyone came to me about potatoes I just um, do a kind of whistling intake of breath and then say the Maris Piper is a good all-rounder <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, uh, and then people would say, what's, uh, ask about the varieties of apple. I didn't know anything about the apples because basically it's hard to say an apple's a good all-rounder because <laughs> basically people are asking, you know, just I to mean, point it at is. the mouth and bite it. Yeah. 
<laughs> How can you fuck it up? <laughs> that's yeah, that's what you could have said. So now, well, how can you fuck it up? <laughs> the, uh, the, <laughs> so uh, with apples, you could already, you, oh, I could do really with sit back and think, um, what are you putting them in? Say things like, are you putting them in a fruit bowl? Um, or they go, or you eat it straight away? Um, so what color wallpaper are you working with? Because, um, <laughs> we've got green or red, <laughs> and I'm an artist, so I'm, I'm good at a color, yeah. Palette. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not very good with your taste, but if you want, uh, if you want your fruit bowl to look excellent, uh, I'll sort you out. But, um, but I loved that job. I loved it really because um, we were really badly paid and we worked so hard. Like it was quite um, that um, we all used to pinch things all the time. Um, so we like we had this habit of like it was very expensive a shop, but we we'd all put like and we got like a five percent discount or something but like the, so little <laughs> i know so what we do is we um we had a there was a manager so we had to do this like without his knowing so what we did was like we'd put get a basket put it all in and then we'll take it to the till to look like we were buying it but then the person on the till would have to just basically we basically pretend to wait but we wouldn't actually wait so we just keep filling the bags and then we charge the person like 20 pence mm. um so we'd not key in anything really we'd just key in 20 pence at the end um but then like we'd be giving away like 40 and 50 pounds worth of prop goods for like <laughs> 20 pence eventually the shop got closed down because it um, made no money because <laughs> <laughs> i feel bad about it now because my friend said to me, that's a business you've destroyed, which I do feel like, as I think about it in hindsight, important in those cold, brutal words, um, I do feel quite bad about it. Um, but at the time, it felt like, um, I, I felt like we were kind of trying to create a kind of socialist environment where, um, I was going to say everyone was equal, but not really. It's just where everything was 20 pence. The, um, yeah. So a socialist environment where everything came for 20 pence. Uh, is that how socialism works? I think so, yeah. Think everything that's... cost 20 pence. <laughs> I think that's what yeah. Robin Hood. Politics was never a strong uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was. A, I felt like it was more a Robin Hood vibe we were going for. But like, I, I sometimes I don't know if, you know, when you're young, uh, I, I think I was young and didn't really, um, yeah, we, we were just young, tired and broke and tr looking after, we were looking, we do the same thing for customers as well. Like, so we'd say, we'd say to customers, this shop, sorry, the, the custom, this shop cart charges way too much. So like, just have these things free. Um, clearly not a way to run a business when the business went under and we all lost our jobs we were like i think we might have uh, i think we might have killed the golden goose here um i think uh, yeah i think it went wrong when we decided that everyone should benefit from our discount rates <laughs> but, um you can you can't sustain a business by charging less than uh, than you're buying them for no but no, for a while, business 101 <laughs> 
Yeah, but the thing was, like, and that's why it was so nice, so because we had such a good relationship with the community that um, <laughs> that they'd invite us to parties and we'd go to the bars they worked in and they'd give us uh, drinks for free because we were we were generous with uh, our our produce. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think eventually we would have created a barter system um, around Glasgow. The worst then. And it felt for it felt a bit. The worst thing that happened there, not the worst, but it was one time a glass a, gla a guy came in with a, such a strong Glaswegian accent, and like all the staff were from like a lot of them were students, so they were from like um, Australia, like um, New Zealand, like just all around the world, Spain. And this guy came in, and we're in Glasgow, and this guy comes in with such a strong Glaswegian accent, no one in the shop could understand. So <laughs> I was like. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, hang on a second. I'll just get someone else to help you. I'm not too sure about that. And then the other person would, came up and they were like, right, um, yeah. Um, oh, ha yeah, I'll just go. Uh, yeah. Piers, can you come up here and give me a hand? Uh, but I felt bad because I thought, God, this guy is in his home city getting served by a bunch of morons who cannot understand the accent of the actual city. That, um, it did make me feel like we were like, uh, yeah, made, made me feel slightly ignorant. But I used to have a Scottish uncle and I couldn't understand a word he said. I just no. felt terrified every time he spoke to me. <laughs> it's quite a sexy but also incomprehensible uh, accent, isn't it, at times? Like full on Scottish. Like, mm. yeah, full on, like, it's like a lot of accents, I guess, if you, like, even Newcastle, where I'm from, mm. like, people think my accent's quite strong. But, but if you hear a really strong Geordie accent, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I think this is, um, I think it's getting worse as I get older. Um, and, it's barely there, Richard. I can barely tell. <laughs> where, where, are you, where's your, where, where are you from? Your, I'm northwest, so Lancashire. All right. But I've had to yeah, get rid of my you, accent you, quite a bit since I got down here. Uh, yeah, I've had to clean the but, edges. Uh, to, to what, uh, uh, for the comedy career? Well, just because I don't know if you faced this when you moved to South, but everyone thinks you're stupid uh, if you sound like you're from the North. Oh yeah. Um, and I was sick of everyone. Yeah, it's true. Idiot. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'd like to say I've managed to sort that out, but I really <laughs> think you have to. Uh, an actor said to me once when I first started, um, and he said it in a kind way, and I thought, and I did, wasn't upset, insulted, I thought that it's absolutely true. He said, you know what, like, when you're on stage, like, it initially seems like you're just an idiot shouting nonsense, but then once you start to hear the words, it actually means something. Um, <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> review. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, um, that it makes it, it's like it made me sound like a kind of thrash metal album that um, actually has some melodic lines running through that you start like some beauty beneath the chaos. There's beauty beneath the chaos. Um, the um, but yeah, I used to. I think it's they try. I get with accents like because I do think it's true that northern accents are equated with a kind of simple-minded. Um, like uh like naivety or uh mm. like and i used to when i used, i used to listen to a lot of radio comedy and, and whenever a northern accent came on 
it was always like the stooge, like they kind of, he was the idiot of the piece, you know, like, um, and he, like, he, we would never, you, you'd never hear the, not a nor the Northern accent come in and like, as the rocket scientist, you know, yeah. who like, we like, they would never say, yeah, uh, we're approaching Armageddon, only one man can solve this. He's here now, and then you'd never hear like a thick Johnny e. accent. You know, hey up, how's saying, it going? Like, up? Get... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the test, get the test tubes out, right? <laughs> I can... My girlfriend says, um, yeah, I think uh, I mean I can kind of understand it, but um, but it does seem a bit of a shame. Uh, I rewatched the TV show Our Friends in the North recently. It's uh, incredibly good. Um, I don't know if you remember. You, I think you're quite a lot younger than me, so um, possibly. Is it uh, like I'm Friends? Quite ancient, so uh, I'd like to say I've had a lot. Hmm? Is it like Sorry? Friends? Oh no, Our Friends in the North. No, it's gritty. <laughs> oh no. See, no, that, no, no, that is what annoys it's me. As it's well. like it, it, it could be considered like a northern friend. Why is everything that's made about the North gritty? Billy Elliot. Yeah. The others. It, it is quite a gritty place. Pretty gritty. Yeah, I mean, when I go back there, I do think, God, this is like, you know, you can't, like, yeah, there's a kind of, the realness. I mean, I, I guess it is gritty because a lot. Of, it's like mining community. A lot of it, like where I'm from, is mining communities, and they're all like spent years losing their trade, like shipbuilding and mining communities, and like losing trade and just becoming these desolate towns with no industry and just unemployment, rife up unemployment. And I guess, um, I guess it's harder to make a chipper musical. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um i i mean when i was in lived in you like this isn't about employment this is about unemployment because when i graduated i was unemployed for like five years in that age like no no one would even fathom that now like five oh, years God. of unemployment mm. it was like um I, it was a grimace time i can remember um i got put on loads of job search courses um like where they, you know, basically they just throw a bunch of newspapers on the table and say, get a job. Yeah, yeah but there aren't <laughs> any. That's the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, if, I like that phrase when people say there is, there's work if you want it. Um, because I used to think, well, I, mean, I don't know. I did want it, which made it sadder because I was unemployed for five years, partly because I was so bad at interviews. <laughs> um, I, I did one interview. I, I failed some. I, I had this thing when I graduated that I I really just wanted to be honest. I wanted to be like, um, see, I, the, the system corrupted me, you know, because when I began with my, like, as we find, once I got into work, I think mm -hmm. I was quite corrupt and criminal, but yeah. like the system corrupted me because, right, I am, um, but like, so well, because I wanted to be honest, I just told everyone, like I'd be straight up. So I got an interview for a job working with kids, like in a, like in art, doing art workshops with kids over the summer when their parents were at work. And they said to me, is there anything you, you might consider to be a weakness of yours? And I said, well, well I'm not very good with big groups of kids. Um, <laughs> and, they, and, uh, and they said, right, so, so why do you think you might be 
cut out for this job <laughs> and I said well because I think I think you're saying there's about 24 kids and I think there's four staff members which works out as six children per staff member and that I can handle that yeah so um but I think I, I'd lost the job as soon as I said I'm not very good with big groups <laughs> of kids uh, That's such and a then one man said one. I, so yeah, but I went to a call centre one because everyone's getting call centre jobs. And so I went for a call centre job and the guy said, um, can you think of a situation where you might have to be persuasive? And I said, this is in Newcastle. And I said, maybe if you're, and I, I don't, this is not me, but like, uh, this was an early attempt at me trying to find my audience because he was quite uh, like, you know, suited and booted, like quite kind of, you know, he looked like he you know, wanted to get, get on in business. Anyway, he said, can you think of a time where you might have to be persuasive? And I said, maybe if you were trying to chat a girl up at Big Market, Big Market <laughs> being the pub. The, uh, and he burst out laughing and I said, right, is that the wrong answer? And he went, no, 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 we'll keep it. Um, <laughs> But uh, I did think, what well, I mean, I don't know. It's not, I, I still think it's like, yeah, <laughs> still starts. It's, anyway, so I didn't get that job. And then I read this thing online that said, like, I started reading, no, it was a, a 10 things to do like, to improve your interview technique. And one of the things was always make eye contact, right? Now, I'm quite good at holding like a stare without blinking. Um, <laughs> I <know. laughs> so I got this interview and um, yeah, and uh, I was just sat opposite on this like small table. It was again for a call center job and we were just sat at like a, a kind of informal table just right next to each other pretty much. And I was just gazing into his eyes and eventually <laughs> he brought, he brought off the interview to say, can you please stop staring at me? <laughs> um, uh, the my, my powers of um I did think uh, I've broken I've broken the um <laughs> I broke as well um so I kind of yeah I, I was unemployed yeah unemployed for a long time and anyway they were my they they were two of my favorite jobs a green grocer bizarrely because I loved it I loved how ridiculous it all was. Um, and like they had this sense of childish child like just children trying to learn how to run a shop like we once like you had to you have to pay to get all the compost taken away right yeah so one time our man it the guy like the, the guy who like owned it was a bit of a shyster and basically just would make us do ridiculous things to try to save him money and one time we had lords like trays and trays of rotten raspberries that hadn't sold like but, and he asked us to flush them down the toilet uh, right <laughs> but um fish. <laughs> yeah but there, there was so many raspberries and the guy was trying to flush them down and just pressing them in with the, the mop <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the toilet, like, but like, like the toilets, like, there's a lot of flushing to do, like, because you know the cistern had to refill, and then and there's like this old-fashioned cistern. So anyway, eventually the toilet couldn't cope with it, <laughs> and um, the toilet just started to flood until the basement floor was just covered with a kind of raspberry coolie. <laughs> 
And I remember the guy just running out the toilet um, as it all started to um, come back out after him. <laughs> it just was so funny. It was like a horror film where something starts clambering back up out at you. So, um, uh, but I loved all that. I loved how stupid it all was. That, um, I loved doing things like trying to flush raspberries down um, the <laughs> toilets. And I loved like how badly ran it was, but like how you put things on the shelf and everyone, but you kind of realise that if you put something in a nice bottle at a decent price, like people will buy it because we're like irrespective of it, whilst we would know um, how that thing had been bought, like, because we had to sell pure orange juice, but our juicing machine was broken. So, and the pips kept getting in the orange. So we just made a, um, <laughs> made a kind of filter out of onion netting. Um, <laughs> So oh, uh, it's just like all the orange juice was passing through <laughs> this kind of uh, onion flavored netting, and oh. uh, and I used to each time people bought a bottle, I think I wonder if they think, I wonder if it can taste a slight tang in that. Um, <laughs> and I loved it, and it, it had an effect on the tear ducts as well. The, um, <laughs> So yeah, anyway, there were um, jobs that I considered to be uh, objectively had no career and were awful, but I loved them for the lack of any, uh, just because everyone had a kind of yeah, a unity and a sense of camaraderie, which yeah. interestingly, I think you also get at the start of comedy um, when you first begin and you're doing gigs like and no one really knows the industry and no one like a lot of people aren't really sure they just think like they're stumbling into it blind and then and all the acts are just chatting and there's a kind of no one's really concerned thinking who's going to be the best who's here oh, I've got you know, like and that kind of disappears quite like eventually as you climb not saying there's still not a sense of like the uh, camaraderie and people who like but it gets replaced by a clear sense of um, kind of bit like about business-minded model where yeah you know, and direction where, I guess as well yeah and the sense that, that it's a job rather than uh, and there's something about that that um, that is not I mean obviously people want to make, say I have a obviously you want to make money out of something you love but um, it's like everything you know like. You kind of sacrifice something once you once it becomes that you know once you get yeah. lots of art commissions the commissions dictate what your art is to a degree yeah. and like the joy of just doing something like the freedom goes but and there's a similar thing at the start of comedy like when you start comedy I, a lot of times i love act like the acts i loved when i first saw them I still think they're great and they're doing well, but I always remember them for how they began and love them for how they began because yeah. there is these weird, like, rough edges and quirks to them, like, because they didn't, like, they kind of get shaved off and smoothed off um, as they kind of, it's understandable because they have to, they play bigger rooms with a heart uh, and you need to make a broader, broader material to create a kind of connection with everyone. So, the yeah. kind of weird quirks and that make it so idiosyncratic and interesting to me kind of 
ha have to get lost to a degree. I don't kind of begrudge that because like if I went, if I was dancing in a, uh, if I went dancing, God, <laughs> if I went, uh, which I, <laughs> not with my blood, not but if you go dancing, if you go to a club night, like you almost want to hear cheesy, big cheesy hits, like big broad, like hits, yeah. like whether it's rock or like it's like if I was in the house, if I'm in the house, I'm not. I tend to listen to whatever. I'll listen to Nick Cave or Leonard Cohen or like, um, you know, or we some order in Godspeed, you Black Emperor. I mean, would you put them on a club? I don't think so. But if I go to a club and they start playing that, I just think, oh God, I don't want to hear this. Put some oh. Bon Jovi on. Um, you know, like you kind of want so. Yeah, so so when you're playing a big club, it's totally understandable that the that the the quirks and the like get lost, like get, have to get sacrificed in order to put make something that has a broader range and connection. Yeah, yeah. bigger beats. Yeah, uh, bigger well, choruses, <laughs> bigger jokes. Yeah, and that lovely, uh, what's the word? Bombshell. It's not a bombshell, is it? So nah, surmise, summary. Yeah, there's a summary more than a bombshell. Yeah. Well, oh my God. <laughs> I think that that is our time. It has been a pleasure, as always, Richard Todd. Um, oh, yeah. I think I talked slightly too much there, but. No, yeah. you didn't. It was interesting. It's all good stuff. Um, where can the people right. find you? What are you doing? In Edinburgh. What would you like to plug? Oh, I have to plug my Edinburgh show, which is a. Two, you can tell I'm not quite not quite ready to go up yet. <laughs> Two twenty mm -hmm. in 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 the bar Legends on Cowgate, which is a rock club. I'm told. Okay. Uh, yeah, so probably probably quite scuzzy and probably befitting of my demeanour. Perfect. Uh, what's you your know? show called? It's called Transferable Skills, but I I will forever regret not calling it Hot Bubbly Danger, which was the original title. Because yeah. it was because it had a bath theme. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So it's always next year. Yeah, but I can't I can't bang on about baths again next year. Uh, Richard Todd, the bath guy. Yeah, the bath guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a it's nice to have a USP. Hmm. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, they can come there. People should come there. I think it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Um, yeah, I come, but I'm, I'm not going to Edinburgh, so that's yeah. I, I, yeah. I do hit Edinburgh. Enjoy London whilst we're going. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, you can oh, yeah. Oh, god, yeah, I'm going to take all them spots. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that, I should also say, uh, whilst oh. we're plugging stuff, uh, we've we've started a new podcast, uh, me and my good friend Aidan McCaffrey, that you did the artwork for, which we've yeah, 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 yeah. Uh And it's about, it's called Historical Hot or Not, and it's about whether we fuck historical figures. It's really highbrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to listen to that, <laughs> uh, I, I guess, I guess listen to that as well. <laughs> It's almost, sorry, your podcast almost is like in the social network where they're creating, before they create Facebook, they have Face Smash, 
mm. where they just where you decide who you'd sleep with and who you'd you've done a historical version of hit face smash where yeah. you're just saying yeah all right well yeah. good i'm gonna listen to it it's really quite simple the premise <laughs> <laughs> they had the best star the best star yeah all right anyway all right i'll stop talking no uh, thank you for being a guest and thank you right. for listening goodbye <laughs>